recording hi sachin hey dinkar so uh, one thing that we discussed uh, a bit in the previous conversation um and i want to spend some more time is uh, hashtag #lifestack and hopefully uh, i i'll i'll use this uh, video recording post it here and there and i want to pose this question to other people what does your life stack look like and before we jump into that probably um, as an example what does uh, life stack mean and what do i mean by it right mm-hmm. so um, see um, uh, we are using tech everywhere right and uh, right. tech has become very important part of our personal lives also right True. and depending on our interest and everything we have started using these products and at our age uh, you know we have settled uh, on some stack so as to say right so products have tech stacks in uh, workplaces we have tech stacks but i'm thinking of life stack and give you an example um for me at a, it, it's not a very uh, geeky uh, life stack it's a very basic one uh, a very important part of my uh, life stack is a dream host um okay. that's where uh, my blog all my uh, possible startup ideas in fact uh, my startup also kind of grew so i host a lot of things there um and uh, what that also gives me it gives me a play area that i have a hosted uh, server somewhere and i try a lot of things there and i actually recommend it to a lot of um, product managers who come and talk to me like get some space put things out there create something show it to people um get, get you know uh, expose yourself uh, to uh, unsolicited uh, advice and even something very critical so on top of it one i am running this uh, dinkar uh, uh, ddiinnxx.com uh, dinks uh, done double um which is my blog in which i mostly am doing product management it's again a wordpress thing very convenient but what it has allowed me to do is experiment with um, like i have this uh, support me by paying something so i got an opportunity to try how um, you know small uh, entrepreneurs uh, can um, uh, can uh, you know insert payments um, contact forms um, a lot of things i so that's a very important part of my uh, life stack on another hand uh, for my work and productivity and personal sanity uh, i have um, kind of arrived at this apple uh, ecosystem right uh, me and my family uh, we share photographs documents like these days uh, wherever you go you need to show your vaccination uh, second uh, dose certificate right so we have a shared folder where everyone's is there so like when my parents are going with me i'll show theirs when they're going with my brother he'll show theirs so we have the shared documents everything happening and uh, i had like some 20 30 k photographs i i don't know how many uh, not 20 30 k but but a large set right i kind of dumped all of them into uh, icloud and it um, did a lot of nice uh, processing it took care of the geography it took care of the dates uh, surprisingly it got a lot of things accurately surprised me with some old photographs also but uh, that apple stack uh, is very uh, there and little bit on google but mostly on apple and uh, on the work side we discussed this uh, last time a bit i still want pen and paper i still want um, the uh, the indulgence of writing something 
when you cannot multitask your eyes your hand everything is on that piece of paper and uh, you're focusing on what you're writing you're kind of organizing your thoughts so i make a lot of lists on my notebook i do a lot of first level drawing on my notebook and my hand drawings are done on ipad and good good notes i use good notes a lot in fact uh, my uh, plug my next sci-fi book all the artwork that i have done myself and i've done using uh, good notes uh, on it so that that's that that's my uh, life stack uh, i know yours is a little more um, uh, uh, interesting so uh, yeah tell us about yours i think uh, uh, yeah and dinkar uh, while you were talking about it i was also making note of because what you just made me aware is life stack is not just about the work earlier before like getting into this call i was thinking about life stack is all about only things which make my work life easy right something mm. and the boundary i just kept expanding as you were speaking and i realized that uh, i have so many more tools uh, which actually help me organize my life and uh, i also like this word you coined or i don't know whether it is coined earlier but i heard it from you so for me this is like very novel word life stack life stack yes i, I haven't I, think I i came up with it i believe fantastic so, we'll so, see yeah <laughs> internet yeah. will uh, put us in our place <laughs> yeah so hashtag life stack right so i found that there are so many things which i use and pretty much everybody has figured out and it, there is no right or wrong but what is important is what is uh what is a stack which you are comfortable with hmm. and most of the time it is just habit thing like i have gotten used to uh using chrome in a certain fashion yeah. or uh, i have uh, uh configured my one password in certain way now i use it that uh, for that purpose hmm. uh i have a place for dropbox still in my life i have a place for github in my life so hmm. let's go one by one right so uh, let's think about our email so i i also have a gmail uh, workspaces account which mm. i have for my own domain dharmapurikar.in and i use that because my surname is so long it is a chore to type in every time my full email address every time so i have like very small email address now with my domain and that is hosted on google and that is used everywhere as well so that just made my life much easier to remember passwords Mm. and uh, early on uh, almost like 10 years ago i went on a, a spree that i i i thought to myself that i'm not going to have weak passwords so mm. i went uh, invested into one password at that time um and before my uh, company started offering one password as a, a, a free uh, uh, offering uh, hey, license rates seem to work for a cool company they just yeah. give you licenses like this yeah but i think every company should think about it one password or some other tool which allows you to keep your password safe and even if let's say your company is not providing it it's worth buying it it's not that expensive but it provides you so many things and i'll give you a hack in a minute which will uh, make it worthwhile to actually invest even if you don't get a license from your company so but such an honor diagram i, I realized something uh, at uh, we are using this uh, we are using one hr third party tool yes and that tool uh, has actually worked so these password remembering doesn't work on that 
Yes. I am shocked. You, uh, you know, remember, I use Chrome's remember, right? Uh, it does not remember. They, they have done thing in course. It, I just, why would they do that? They're actually forcing someone to write password. They're not allowing this one password kind of, it's very surprising. I won't name them. But yeah, yeah, but there, there are these companies. Security thing. Yeah, and uh, HDFC is largest private bank in India, right? Yeah. And they allow you to copy and paste password. Yeah. But if you if you think about uh, some of the public sector banks, they are much smaller in size. As if uh, pasting password is some like hack. Like, I, yeah. I don't get this. And and Dinkar, it is so hard to actually uh, take the money out, which is your own money. Uh, uh, just think about like going uh, going back to our last week's conversation, right? Why somebody would like to go and bank with a company where it is so difficult to operate? Yeah, security should not be friction. Yes, security should be uh, frictionless. And uh, all these old uh, thought processes of these public sector banks is that make it so hard that nobody would like to take the money out, or <laughs> That is the most secure. If if people are uh, <laughs> don't having... interact, that is there is no risk. <laughs> Correct, and uh, I think that thinking has to adapt um, yeah. because nowadays nobody wants friction. So <clears throat> going back to that one password thing. Yeah. So uh, quickly, I want to highlight. Me and my wife uh, always used to talk about. There are so many places where we have our financial resources, right? Right. It could be mutual funds, it could be bank accounts, it could be uh, credit card, debit cards. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, like, just imagine that you are traveling and uh, to overseas uh, vacation and suddenly you lose your wallet. Yeah. Now, getting those all uh, credit card numbers or uh, what you were carrying with you, uh, it is going to be a difficult for you. So I use one password to store that as a secure note. Mm. And it has a feature for that. And my wife knows that uh, all my passwords and we both share uh, the vault. So yeah. she knows that if let's say she needs to access certain uh, financial information uh, uh, when I am not accessible or I'm um, uh, not around. So it will be very easy for them to uh, yes. access that information. So use this thing, it's, it's a hack, but if you configure it well, Hmm. You can actually utilize it in a very different way, apart hmm. from just like using it for securing typical passwords. Um, just like you are hacking your Google Photos for vaccination certificates, uh, quick access, right? Uh, hey, I have uh, that. Not Google Photos, you know, I I Photos. I Photos. Yeah. Apple ecosystem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that uh, that's a good segue. I uh, moved to Google Photos completely. Okay. When the bandwagon was there about uh, uh, free photos, right? There is mm -hmm. one very cool feature of Google Photos, which is not in Apple Photos. And um, me and my wife both share our uh, full libraries with each other, mm -hmm. so entire photos in our libraries. The one thing which I always wanted to have is if my and my wife used to uh, take massive amount of photos of my daughter when she was around because she was yeah. always with her. So that's so she used, our family. Yeah. Yes, and she used to take like really cool pictures. And uh, those pictures were not in, copied into my library. Mm. And uh, before Google Photos, those photos used to get lost. But yeah. I wanted those photos in my library. Uh, so Google has this feature where you can tag a person and you say, 
from her library whenever new photos are added of certain people copy them mm -hmm. over to my library automatically okay. yeah and that allows me to always have photos of my wife my daughter mm -hmm. uh, and uh, my mother my brothers and uh, like a few yeah. close relatives they keep copied uh, onto my uh, uh, library even if they are taken by her uh, camera yeah so i think that's a very cool uh, uh, cool way of not only sharing but my library keeps expanding without taking photos right um and i use google photos uh, and it is compatible with our phones it automatically backs up from iphotos so uh, that way uh, you need to just uh, store the photos in one place yeah, yeah. also they are very uh, optimally stored so uh, the uh, the cost of storage is very similar between uh, apple and uh, google but uh, because of this encryption algorithm the actual storage requirements of google are far lesser than apple is what i have found uh, mm -hmm. obviously some geek will actually challenge me on that so but yeah in my experience your mileage may vary yeah. um and i think uh, that brings to uh, the other point is about how all these things tie together right the device ecosystem i predominantly chose apple again uh, because uh, tight integrations ecosystem is well um and uh, i have invested in certain apps on apple mm -hmm. which were paid so it makes sense for me to keep using them because some of them are perpetually licensed they are not subscription oriented apps and um, now i'm finding that going to windows although i'm liking windows a lot this windows 11 looks very cool um and uh, uh, by the way uh, one of the laptops which i have in my house uh, has the best keyboard and it is a windows laptop mm -hmm. uh, it's a thinkpad um okay. and uh, but still has that mechanical keyboard uh, aspect uh, in it uh, is, i don't is think it's a mechanical keyboard it is still or... no it is still a membrane keyboard okay. uh, but i think this just the thinkpads always is one uh, of those carbon ones or yoga no the it's just a standard thinkpad uh, okay. some okay. a t series laptop but i i do like the their feel of uh, keys macbooks in the interest of becoming thinner they adopted these very low travel mechanism if you remember mm. uh, dinkar prior to 2015 they had these really awesome keyboards mm. which had massive travel up and down uh, it was a pleasure to type on those keyboards but um, now uh, i have two macbook pros but i don't enjoy typing on them hmm. they are you know what i i find very irritating the edge is so sharp i sometimes kind of scratch my i i just want to it's the the laptop i'm using is from work so i cannot do that but if it was mine i would have bought a file and smoothened the edges if the pro has this very sharp edge and yeah i mean uh, i i get it uh, the uh, uh, the edges in terms of uh, new apple ones the particularly the latest one which came pro one it is now much smoother okay and it is also thicker laptop now compared to the old ones yeah uh, let me check which one i have uh, i mean it's um, uh, macbook pro but this is still uh, yeah the 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 processor is still intel so yeah it's not the new one yeah, yeah the new one which uh, pro latest came yeah. i think last which, year with the apple's own uh, processors correct and that is little thicker one now 
and uh, that is little old school design as well rather than mm-hmm. the unibody which was like thinner and thinner and thinner yeah. it's much better uh, i haven't used the keyboard too much but i like the windows keyboard a lot now so not actually windows keyboard like it's the lenovo keyboard <laughs> the thinkpad keyboard Yeah, specifically think about it i personally had uh, i mean if whenever i have had windows um uh, for a short period i had dell many years back um and uh, i have always liked uh, to be honest uh, lenovo the the windows laptop i have which i have to use sometimes for work is also uh, from lenovo they good the f- the first time i started using mac was way back when it was a par pc uh, laptop um and i was built i was doing a middleware program for par pc so it was very convenient for me to have a native compiler there and i could uh, look at uh, compile and look at the assembly and kind of cheat code from there yeah. fantastic <laughs> hey dinkar uh, 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 since we are already on a digression a sub digression wouldn't hurt uh, are you uh, are you sucker for these yeah, laptops which actually have really good typing keyboards i mean like do you consider a keyboard as one of the most important no. features of laptop okay no. i uh, i i it it just shouldn't hurt my uh, uh, wrist that's all i care about that's why i don't want wear watches also i think my my uh, biggest thing with uh, laptop is the pointing because i do a lot of um, drag and drop i do a lot of artwork kind of thing i mean my my daughter sometimes says my job is to do doodling right because you seen some of my output right there will always be some image or some graphical representation so i do a lot of drag and drop so my is the mouse should be actually uh, very... really good one yes yeah and i get it i get it in fact uh, 10 years ago uh, apple had a trackpad um, which is still better than the thinkpads uh, trackpad today um and uh, modern apple trackpad is just next level i mean uh, i haven't seen any other uh, laptop other than uh, apple which comes even close to in terms of trackpad sensitivity in, fa- in fact the feature all of it it's a package is fantastic so getting back into the whole uh, life stack on Walk apple the stack so we <laughs> come back yes so the stack wise i think uh, i'm using now apple mail uh, things and uh, uh, for a note taking i mm. um, i i use variety of tools but uh, we'll talk about note taking uh, just simply there are two main, main things one is physical notebook i still am a big fan of physical notebooks uh, i i like to type things because uh, and the reason being is very simple we have moved to uh, all these remote work right mm-hmm. and if i'm typing people don't know whether i'm chatting with somebody else i'm actually uh, <laughs> drafting an email i'm multitasking yeah. and uh, i don't want other people to be puzzled that what am i doing yeah. but when i'm actually putting my head down and uh, writing with pen it's it means, obvious uh, that you are making notes yeah and they also know the uh, in the conversation which they are having they know that something important was said and if i'm scribbling right after that that means i am actually taking notes and so i'm not in, a, in our office conversations if you're not putting a head down or noting something i should take a message that nothing yeah. important was said by me yeah absolutely i mean i think that's a <laughs> i'm i'm just giving you away my tips right now so yeah, whoever actually listens to this call they should know that okay if i'm not uh, uh, writing that means nothing important happened <laughs> <laughs> 
So, I want to tag some of my colleagues uh, at this point. Uh, I'll do that internally. Yeah. And um, I think that uh, let's focus a little bit more on things plus male combination. Um, yeah. One of the uh, biggest problem of our life, uh, or at least like for last five years I have been doing is I used to always have these things which used to fall through cracks. Hmm. That means um, I had 10, 15 uh, small activities I was supposed to do. And some of them used to be time dependent. That means I needed to do something on Tuesday, but I needed to meet somebody and the, somebody was not available. So I, I need to do that now on Thursday. So up to that point, I have made a note. I have written it onto some to-do list. And hmm. now Tuesday, that didn't happen. Now it is pushed to Friday somehow the transition of that particular activity falls through crack and on friday i am not taking care of it right. and when this keeps happening again and again essentially it used to bother me a lot that uh, even though it is a very minuscule thing it was not acceptable hmm. and as i kept progressing in my, in my career i figured out many emails which actually come our way they have a certain associated action item. Hmm. And uh, you want to actually um, go back and then talk about that email after a certain period of time. Such a, I, a minor digression. Do you feel in your startup world when you were co-founding and uh, yeah. compared to when you're working, uh, these kind of emails happen more in um, working corporate world or in startup world? My, my experience is happening more in the corporate world than in startup world somehow. In my case, it was uh, both. And the reason being is uh, uh, all the notifications, if you use Jira, they come on to um, uh, email as well. Lot of activities actually come as notification on email. Uh, and people... Uh, at least uh, I, when I was in startup between 2011 and uh, 19, we used to drive a lot of our activities via email. Mm -hmm. um, example would be is um, if we are actually collecting some, some data from our customers mm -hmm. and customer is sending some uh, implementation information or yeah. uh, disable this account, enable this account yeah. uh, or some customer support tickets. I needed to take certain activities. So the ticket was not resolved immediately, but it was resolved after two days. And uh, all of this didn't used to flow through software like Zendesk. So it was important. So it was very critical that we were on top of our email game. Hmm. And also I am uh, that way very strict about zero inbox policy. Uh, and I never have, I mean, like even Same. now, if, yeah. And um, sometimes people share screen and they have like 10,563 unread emails. Right. It's just like, right. I just cringe. Yeah. What happened, uh, right? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like how they sleep at night. And that's why what I started doing is I started adding these emails to my to-do list. Hmm. This is where I found out the problem of physical paper-based to-do list is that you need to type the, uh, the pointer to that email. Hmm. And how do you do that? Uh, like a search term or a, a yeah. special folder. So 
what i realize is that the successful workflow will need to have a single place where all the activities gather whether mm-hmm. this is your personal you need to pay your daughter's uh, uh, school yeah. fees or get a book new uh, 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 like gas cylinder or even like respond to a very critical email from customer right all of these things needs to be in perspective you may yeah. choose to do uh, during work period to focus on only work related activities and during weekend you would like to focus on your errands but if they are in one place then you can take a stock of all stuff right. so what i started doing is i started using things which is a software based on mac and iphone for collecting all my activities and emails it has a very nifty feature that you can drag and drop an email from apple mail client and it creates a, a hyperlink to the exact email and even if it is a multi threaded conversation it actually picks that latest conversation so whenever you are no matter on what device you could be on your ipad you could be on your phone you could be on your laptop you click on to the to do task it will have a hyperlink which will go back to the a deep link to that email mm-hmm. and i found that was the most important feature so it is always in context and it it just like uh, started happening very nicely mm-hmm. and things also allow you to associate a date and if that didn't happen on that date i can assign a new date to it right so that's why uh, now i am giving away secret many of my colleagues sometimes wonder how he is uh, like referring yeah, yeah, to a... i have received those emails yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, i i have gone back to email which was sent 6 weeks ago and i am saying hey what happened to this because mm-hmm. i have been i have been waiting for some people to take action and mm-hmm. i typically push anything not more than a week right. so uh, if i have waited for 6 weeks that means i have revisited that task at least 6 to 7 times yeah so that allows you to distill your thought process and also discard ruthlessly if certain task is not applicable anymore just delete it mm. um uh, sometimes it is daunting you will see that there are 29 activities to be done today mm. and it is impossible but uh, spending 5 minutes you can realize oh uh, these four things are not going to happen today so i'm going to push it out by let's say four days uh so you generously move thing forward you don't try to do it as you you don't push yourself to cover most but you yes. uh, push yourself to cover few important ones and rest you feel comfortable to push forward yeah so my uh, method is that do not get overwhelmed by it number which is activities you need to do today but what you try to do is that figure out what are the most important one you you can focus today Yeah. so pick two or three for the day uh, focus on those rest everything moves out to a later date it is is it today yeah. tomorrow or uh, sometime later in the day uh, but most important uh, like always uh, priority is to not lose tasks rather than completing it today okay so yeah. that's um, important uh, uh, right so if you are actually having activities uh, which you will revisit tomorrow that's fine um but many times i uh, also know that i need to do this today there is a presentation tomorrow i need to figure it out i need to finish it what out was was the granularity what is the fidelity of each task like a task could be composed of you know reply to this email after friday like uh, 
in your mind what what is that quanta of work that you classify or there is nothing like that if it oh no 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 Dinkar, one second it could be two days oh this is brilliant this is brilliant i i do have that granularity so um uh, there was this uh, fella who, whom i used to work with and he introduced me to uh, a system called pomodoro Hmm. and uh, it's japanese method uh, uh, japanese culture uh, and uh, pomodoro is a technique I, i don't quote me on this but i i do believe it is a japanese origin yeah. and uh, the funda is that anytime you want to actually achieve a task um, hmm. we we can only focus for a certain period of time you yeah. know in a stretch so what they have is they have these 20 minute pomodoros which are most popularly used So mm-hmm. the idea is that pomodoro is a uh, kitchen timer in the shape of a tomato and pomodoro is the word for that um and uh, what you start is a timer of 20 minutes mm-hmm. and then you a task whatever you want to do should be 20 minute long max hmm. interesting so uh, the goal is that you start a pomodoro and mm-hmm. there are a lot of free apps i use some on my phone there are uh, apps available for mac which are free which will start from my taskbar as well so when you start a pomodoro timer you set it for 20 minutes and then you take mandatory 5 minute break mm-hmm. and the break consists of like doing anything but doing the act- continuation of activity which you were doing earlier yeah. so let's say you decided to give 20 minutes to clear your inbox okay now but you do that i'll give this a try yeah. uh, but i think um, i uh, so pomodoro is an italian term so just uh, fii oh um, yeah absolutely yeah yeah the other any is, japanese origin though <laughs> <laughs> yeah um see for me i'm uh, uh, that uh, flow thing works a lot like uh, i my my uh, while for certain so i i get the importance of doing this 25 minutes especially um if there is a risk of losing attention um uh, but um few days back you asked me i i did bunch of stuff in one day and you were asking how i was able yeah. to do it there were very few interrupts that day in meetings and everything and i was quote and quote in the flow um thought process and i was able to accomplish uh, all that is actually some book also on this flow uh, somewhere see the thing projects is projects to uh, product to projects or projects to product something like that right no 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 not that not that yeah i have a big gripe on that topic maybe you somebody should discuss that i know this is like just the flow you are in a it's a state of mind flow uh, right okay yeah i mean uh, there are a lot of things we experience but then someone gives it a label and writes a book then it becomes a thing so it feels like to me it's one of those things anyway so yeah so this pomodoro sounds like a very interesting uh, technique yeah it's not japanese by the way it's uh, italian you are right uh, sure. and uh, the origin is also italian so thank you yeah. so much for correcting so folks if you were listening uh, it was not uh, people who created it uh, francisco uh, i'll just leave it at that <laughs> correct uh, but it it works beautifully uh, so a task which the granularity is it should be possible to do in a pomodoro cycle Mm-hmm. um but let's say that i need to create a presentation and that presentation has five pieces uh mm-hmm. let's say there are some slides or some diagrams i need to collect certain data typically i come to you for some structure uh, a mm-hmm. table or uh, some thought process right so when i do that i actually create a project in things for that okay a project with a deadline 
mm-hmm. and let's say the deadline if the presentation is next friday i set a deadline of wednesday or thursday morning mm-hmm. and what i do is i break these into smaller tasks mm-hmm. there are two reasons for i for that uh one um it bugs me a lot when there is a task which is never ending mm-hmm. it just like i have to keep track because things also has a checklist feature within a task that you can yeah, actually so, yeah. correct yeah. now you can have a checklist so uh, but then this type of task never get over yeah yeah they have these 15 things unless these are like literally 5 6 second activities yeah. i wouldn't use it i have rarely found use for checklist within a task hmm. but i find a good use for projects so and when i have a presentation and for that i need to do so many activities i create each task okay. and then i cross off and it has a, the first reason it is it it ends it's a finite it's a bite sized task yeah. and second yeah. is also psychological it's like that sense of accomplishment yeah 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 so i if i have like 20 tasks and i i keep moving it it just feels much better that way yeah 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 so uh, so you'll uh, um... key part of this life stack that you called out is this uh, things plus mail right uh, yeah. the, this loop that you have um a little bit of leading question but you have also been using another technique um, zettel cast yeah but that's for knowledge yes and yeah, that knowledge gets management. us into yeah. yeah and that gets into our learning slash uh, knowledge and the way you use dreamhost i use github plus uh, uh, docker uh, uh, containers basically um, uh, like, i don't you ever open to public no uh, the beauty is this uh, dinkar if uh, most of the learnings which i do from udemy courses or let's say I'm, i want to learn some data science uh, i have to code and uh, luckily github now allows you to have unlimited private repository So what mm-hmm. I do is that I actually create repository for each Udemy course, mm-hmm. and I start checking in my code there. But the beauty is, whatever you uh, code, you can uh, spin off and recreate the whole environment using containers in no time. Okay. Uh, so that way, I don't need to host. It's mostly for myself. Uh, but if I need to host, I uh, started using uh, Linode uh, many years ago, and that worked really well for me. now uh, if i want to use something permanent i would use aws though sure yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, my learning stack would be is i uh, for business knowledge i have hbr subscription which is actually fantastic anybody who wants to actually go and get some uh, because it allows me to get a lot of research done i also yeah. have acm oreilly so they allow me to get a lot of technical and business data i think it's uh, very important uh, in today's career to uh, especially if you're in technology to understand deep uh, have a deep understanding of business world and how things it's uh, it's uh, the the more techy you are the deeper you need to understand the business correct and i i think that is a very vital advice uh, if you want to take anything out of this call i think dinkar what you just said is very important because it has very deep repercussions on your career and how you see business when uh, 15 also years also how ago, could you do technology right you just yes. it has it's a purposeful uh, technology it's what some outcome and not just right you know yeah. right and and for that um, the i think in my mind 
how i interpret your that statement is uh, many times i you and i uh, have these working sessions and uh, debate uh, but what i i uh, see is that you need to understand what your customer wants right. and to understand uh, it's one thing to say that it's so simple right just yeah. know what your customer wants but Make to understand <laughs> yeah but to understand what your customer wants you need to also understand their business really well yeah. and where are they coming from yeah. uh, for example recent geopolitical crisis right how different businesses are dependent upon ukraine and russia you should do understand that and yeah. how business logistics works today you will realize how people are concerned about certain undercurrents right and if you are able to identify that trend and put it in perspective that would actually make you a really good uh, techie yes so and uh, uh, the whole world dinkar i mean whether it is full uh, stack developers or uh, devops where developers were supposed to do the ops thing themselves if you have built it you also manage it you yeah. have built it you also deploy it right yeah. the same philosophy now the boundaries between business and uh, technology particularly for technology businesses right which yeah. we are in these lines are getting blurred day by day yeah so uh, you can have a strong bias towards technology but you cannot be completely oblivious to business you built it now you are responsible for the uh, ensuring that it makes money absolutely yeah. absolutely it's it's i would say that full stack technology is right <laughs> <laughs> this is the real full stack right fuller stack uh, fuller stack yes yeah uh, and and as a founder you do that naturally but i think it's becoming a regular expectation in any organization if you are a architect or some any any senior if a senior or a lead uh, uh, gets a prepended uh, you know uh, prefix to your uh, role that means you have to think about this your responsibility for this yeah yeah and uh, when i was young then also i understood dinkar that having this business understanding sets you way into different league compared to your peers sure yeah and it's a very valuable skill to acquire when you are even junior you, you were you were always smart even when you were young yeah we get it yeah we hear you so, yeah okay shameless uh so now uh, that comes that learning right so what i have found dinkar is that another pet peeve of mine has been where to uh, put this knowledge mm. and uh, i was constantly searching for a long period of time is a method which i wanted to uh, and okay let me back up since i am in technology i have to learn a lot of things i have to be abreast about so many things but the biggest challenge is that i am an applied and last time also we spoke we are applied engineers right i have to take this knowledge and apply it somewhere uh, i have to uh, create cross connections and when you want to do this what i have always found problem is that the knowledge is very volatile mm-hmm. and programming is a particularly very perishable skill if i learn golang as per of the moment for 15 days i i understood data structures everything control structures i know golang now and i have practiced a bit of programs from udemy as well but if i don't use it for next 6 months in a real life project mm-hmm. i will definitely yeah. forget it yeah. so um for programming this may not work what i am going to talk uh, to you but it works for concepts and building knowledge out of it right so 
last uh, uh, few months ago i came across this uh, method called zettelkasten and uh, zettelkasten is a german term for slip box mm-hmm. and um, by the way this is a system which is digital and analog friendly yeah original zettelkasten uh, system was uh, only slip box so people used to write uh, uh, notes and they used to store it into a slip box so um adinkar i mean it might be very useful for you as well uh, if you don't use the digital version but what i use for that is obsidian and i have i have started following it very aggressively so um the concept goes in in brief but uh, obviously people can go uh, at any level and i'll quickly show my uh, second brain which is people call uh, second brain for uh, uh, things which are related to this um, zettelkasten basically or obsidian where they put all the knowledge the idea is uh, in a nutshell uh, there are three types of notes you want to gather mm-hmm. one are fleeting notes and the fleeting notes are typically the places where you gather these notes or pieces of knowledge for example pomodoro which yeah. you heard for today for the first time i heard for life stack and what i will do is i'll start collecting information so my uh, can i share my screen now yeah uh so uh, here if you see my structure uh, it's very simple my knowledge uh, uh, base is about fleeting notes which is my very temporary structure so you see the note is very small and mm-hmm. it is about uh, bridge to nowhere and the concept is about what is bridge to nowhere and i wrote only two bullet points about it and the source where i collected this knowledge from sometimes it could be uh, an article online or uh, it could be a conversation so i'll actually put reference yeah. there and i put a date and there is no predefined structure for any of this this is my structure right and uh, when you write so there is this, a recommended structure this fleeting note everything is a recommended structure the fleeting note literature note and permanent note these are the three uh i borrowed from original zettelkasten yeah. the index note keyword notes projects and templates i borrowed it from uh some youtuber i forgot his name but uh, yeah. uh i like this structure and i copied it directly sure. um and the idea is that fleeting notes should be small uh so for example here i read one article and i would like to uh, write about these four bullet points yeah. um um i i like this quote a lot about delusional optimism of startup founders and i actually wrote an article on linkedin about this yeah. so uh when you are uh, reading this is actually coming from two set of articles and quotes what i found is that this was very contrasting on one side you want uh, these startup founders to be delusional because if you started taking uh, status quo as reality and limits then you will never be able to innovate and challenge today's status quo but um, if you think about delusional optimism into enterprise leaders then you will be taking risks which are just not supposed to be taken so it reminds me of a quote i, I don't know something like that reasonable people never change the world or unreasonable people change the world something like that yeah. now that would be a fleeting note danger what you just said yeah okay <laughs> which so you, you will tag to this thought process and then you have added correct. to now it will go to that uh, and then 
the idea is that as soon as and i put date as soon as you create these notes you should actually reasonably soon you should put that into a uh, literature note right and move it into literature note so whenever you put it into literature note the idea is that for example delusional uh, i i showed you one delusional uh, right. optimism with business executives there is a corresponding um uh, now literature note and this mm. literature note is about my take on this mm. and i am supposed to now put in not just copy pasted material from internet but mm. what is my thought on this and i should type it in here once yeah. i type it in here this allows you to basically just concretize that idea and this may take 10 minutes or 15 minutes but now i have this very concrete idea about how this is going to move right and then once you have lot of literature notes you can create a permanent note and the permanent note could be is this article which i had and here i may be taking multiple literature notes which are coming together for writing this permanent note mm. and the idea about this permanent note is now that it is much more refined in my thought process it has some original ideas coming from me and it is uh, originated from some uh, different different ideas coming from internet conversations books uh, blogs you may uh, uh, say whatever right um, but the beauty is this is how my whole small article works i mean like i am showing you a very small subset of my uh, whole stuff for example product management there are few articles which i have or thoughts i have around product management and uh, there are some related to business value and there are some related to productivity but i haven't written uh, or collected lot of data about productivity mm. so this is how the knowledge graph is for me this reminds me of uh, neo 4j uh, though this is similar to that yeah, this yeah. is nothing but graph representation it's a graph the but uh, the animation and the physics of it reminds me of that yeah correct you are absolutely right and the idea is that you create this index notes which i don't have is if you have lot of topic about product management and you want to create a, a specific index for those topics you can actually key, uh, do that or for a keyword you can create a card which is giving the map of that keyword sometimes i work on some projects so i will have one project and related to that all the information and some template so for example this is my template so if i want to uh, uh, write a note i can actually just create a, a, a note right here so you can just like uh, create a note Uh, while you're doing that, I noticed uh, just because you pulled up uh, notes on product management, I think uh, I, I want to talk to you about product management um, in in some research, maybe in next conversation, especially yeah. um, how you see as a, a developer uh, product management uh, today. Um, I have some pet peeves of how it is. Uh, how it is shaping up as it is getting commoditized as a role. um i absolutely fear um, some one thing that uh, such an i do um, uh, uh, i don't know how so part of this method is also digesting the uh, information right yes. so um i i read lot of uh, science papers i um, 
I'm very much interested in physics, high energy physics, uh, because of exposure I got to it at Fermilab and CERN. And uh, one of the ways I try to make sense of uh, this is I try to imagine a story around it, right? Um, so, for example, um, I uh, there's this whole um, uh, so for example something that recently I kind of two three things I put together right as as was digesting as you said right all these things come together and take a shape right there was one thing uh, I have always been fascinated about the event horizon concept uh, in a black hole also that um, you know the um, quantum state is always conserved in nature. Right. So when something falls into a black hole, um, you know, uh, because quantum state is always uh, quantum information is always uh, conserved, it it doesn't get destroyed. It stays somewhere mm -hmm. as the in the black hole thing. So and uh, maybe it stays at the uh, event horizon that that's where probably it gets saved. And there are a lot of these concepts coming together. And then uh, I thought that, OK, if um, you know, uh, if I jump into a black hole uh, in, um, in uh, a recording or a, uh, as is, or a copy of all of my quantum information is there and quantum, because it's all matter and everything, probably memory and everything is also there, right? So in future, if I have a ability to extract that, I could clone myself, uh, right? So uh, then it kind of took shape of a story. But one of the things that, as you were talking about, I was also thinking that, um, how do I put things uh, together? For me, even work-related stuff, right? Uh, when, when I, uh, we talk about something, we talk about some, uh, right? The, the way I kind of put all this together in my mind is in form of a story. Um, I, I, I haven't really thought enough uh, about it's it's been a natural uh, way of doing that. I haven't thought about it enough to convert it into a framework. Maybe uh, at some point uh, I, I can do that. But um, it was I found uh, words to uh, represent how I do uh, in the things you were uh, talking about. So that way it was. Very Inkar, interestingly, there are few authors who uh, commercial authors, by the way. Uh, they use Zettelkasten for writing their books and yeah. they use also Obsidian software for that. Yeah. See, it reminds me, so that the, you know, you probably heard about uh, Robert Persing, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Okay, uh, if you're yeah, not- Yeah, I have uh, uh, heard, heard about of the book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wrote another, and I, 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 I'll, I'll look up, he wrote another book called Leela in which he's in a, on a boat and he's describing the process of writing a book. And um, I don't exactly remember the details of his thought process, but it, uh, it, as you were describing it, we have talked about it and you were describing it, it kind of reminded me, I think even he he's describing something like this. Um, he's, He's writing all these notes. He's collecting them. He's referencing them. He's cross-referencing them. Maybe he's using some something similar, exactly same. I don't recall. It's time to read uh, read that. Yeah, book. and Dinkar, I mean, like for me, uh, when I want to write a blog post or something like that, uh, mm -hmm. uh, what challenge I feel? I mean, like I'm not as uh, uh, sharp mind as authors are, right? And so my, uh, I would say, RAM of my thought process is very small. Yeah. So, uh, 
a blog post which is actually multidimensional where you are collecting two three different uh, views and creating one blog post and then i have trouble distilling thoughts with same potency from different different areas now oh, interesting maybe maybe um, one area is now distilled enough that it is worth putting it into words literally yes but something what else is around this right but then what are the other parts of it for example let's say uh, we are having an idea hmm. and we are talking about idea as a technologist if you see the titration of technical side of that idea is massive hmm. but if you ask hey how who is going to buy this uh i haven't thought a lot about it and that is the first phrase i will say yeah. the, the problem is that it is not uniformly titrated yes and to do that what zetel kasten allowed me to do is you have these small uh, fleeting notes hmm. you start collecting material on that then you start distilling them to literature notes yet you haven't start you haven't even started your blog post so that i think the power of this is coming through those tags and indexing connecting correct you may have Absolutely. forgotten that these were the fleeting knots around this and suddenly they are back there and it comes back to yes you. and and now i also have this important uh, thing is that i don't have a pressure to write blog yeah yeah, yeah. i am collecting data so i need to uh, think Blogs about adoption yeah. right and yes essentially when you want to create a permanent note it is nothing but you start with copying and pasting multiple literature notes together yeah. paste it into this place and then you start doing an edit of it yeah 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 so i i i thought that it uh, allowed me to break that barrier yeah. of like having uh, a whole burden of writing multifaceted article yeah into small chunks and now i can do this research independently and bring back that idea to the place where i want to bring at a later stage yeah, this was a good conversation on life stack uh, will be very interesting to see what others share uh, about their life stack absolutely uh, so, uh, thanks uh, sachin have a good rest of the absolutely. day absolutely thank you and see you next time see you next time thank you yeah. bye bye, -bye.